Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Thursday morning. It is the 12th of January, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew with you broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Hope you're all well. A couple more days till uh, the weekend. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457 36 if you want to get in touch this morning all before James Magnuson and Michael Karianis take you through the breakfast show in an hour's time right across New South Wales and Queensland. Big show for us today uh, in about 15 minutes. Going to have a chat with Andrew Menzel. He was in the studio with me last week. We're going to have a lengthy chat with him about all the issues in cricket this week. Of course, the Australian squad has been named for India. I'll get to that in just a second. So he'll join me in about 15 minutes time from now. But plenty of other stuff going on in the world of cricket, tennis, rugby league. We'll get to all of that in just a second. Um, one of the things we're going to talk to Andrew about and uh, happy to get your thoughts on on the squad, which we'll get to in just a second, but is the greatest ever cricketers that he's ever seen. Um, now, we might do this uh, for the various sports over the next few weeks, but who is the greatest cricketer? And you can give me a few, but who is the greatest cricketer that you've ever seen? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You can also throw in your most exciting cricketer as well. Now, I understand more than likely no one was around when Don Bradman was playing. Um, so obviously we've got to throw him into that as well. But other than him, who is the most exciting, the greatest cricket player you have ever seen? Andrew sent me his list. We'll go through them with him shortly. It is interesting. So 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170 the greatest cricketer you've ever seen, whether it be on TV or or live. Uh, interesting to get your thoughts uh, this morning on that. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 and we'll get Andrew's take on that a little later on. Uh, let's get stuck into the news of the day though at two and a half past five, two and a half past four in Queensland and we'll stick with uh, cricket for the time being and we know the squad was named yesterday to tour India uh, I'll go through that squad for you in just a second in full, but uh, selection boss George Bailey has denied Todd Murphy as being thrown to the Wolves in India and would have no reservations handing him a stunning test debut next month. Now, he's only 22 years of age, but potentially has been handpicked to go head-to-head with Indian superstar Virat Kohli as Bailey declared this is a no-development tour. He admits there is a question mark how off-spinner Murphy can fit into an attack already featuring fellow offie Nathan Lyon, but he did make it clear that the Victorian is firmly in the frame to earn the ultimate baptism of fire in India. So Bailey said, I'm always interested in that whole narrative around what is a good and bad time to debut someone. I'm sure if you ask the player, we're thinking about playing you, mate, but we're just going to hold off until we think we can find an easy game. I'm not sure they'd be keen on that. We don't pick someone unless we think they're ready to perform if they get an opportunity. I'm really excited for Todd. We had him on an Australia A tour, 
Uh, he's played in the Prime Minister's game at the start of the summer and just watching him really closely for Victoria. He's a great kid. So what do we reckon? Will Todd Murphy get a start um, in this test match, first test match on February 9? We know, as I said yesterday, Ashton Ager didn't have his best game uh, at the SCG in that final test match against South Africa, which has opened the door for Todd Murphy. In that first test, as I say, beginning on February 9. Uh, Murphy has the added benefit as well of getting the best insight he possibly could going into the biggest moment of his cricketing life, given he does work hand-in-hand with Nathan Lyon and also a member of the SEN team and former Australian player Stephen O'Keefe over the next three weeks in the Big Bash. Both Nathan Lyon and Steve Smith will return for the Sydney Sixers this Sunday at the SCG. So the Australian squad in full to travel to India. There is a couple of injury doubts, but uh, the one that has been named, David Warner, uh, Usman Khawaja, Marnus Lubbershane, Steve Smith, Travis Head, Cameron Green, Alex Carey, Pat Cummins, captain, obviously, uh, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Nathan Lyon, Ashton Ager, Scott Boland, Matthew Renshaw, who, of course, returned at that SCG test, Peter Hanscom, Mitchell Swepson, another spinner, Todd Murphy, and also the wild thing, Lance Morris. So your thoughts on that Australian squad and will Todd Murphy get ahead of uh, Ashton Ager? And was there someone else that wasn't named in the squad that you thought should have been? in that Australian squad to tour India. one 1170 or 457 Are you happy with the squad or do you think they missed someone? one 1170 or 457 Tennis, we are only, what, 96-odd hours away from the beginning of the Australian Open. A good win by Tanasi Kokodakis last night at the Adelaide International. We'll talk to you more about that shortly. But a bit of an injury scare for Novak Djokovic. Now, we were speaking Yesterday to Maddie Cox um, about this match that has been this exhibition match that is going to charity that has been sold out within 58 minutes tomorrow night against Nick Kyrgios. Well, that at the moment is still going ahead, but his return to the Australian Open, Novak Djokovic, hit a bit of a hurdle yesterday. Uh, with the star appearing to still be hampered by a hamstring injury. Now, the nine-time champion was forced to cut short a scheduled practice match on Wednesday. Uh, against uh, Daniel Medvedev after requiring a medical attention on a number of occasions throughout the session on Rod Laver Arena. He complained of hamstring trouble last weekend on his way to the Adelaide International title. He led 3-2 yesterday, but won just one more game for the set before calling it quits on the practice match. Uh, The injury scare, as we know, could be a disaster for the Open organisers who have promoted that sold-out exhibition match against Djokovic and uh, with Djokovic and Nick Kyrgios tomorrow night at Rod Laver Arena. He revealed in Adelaide he tweaked his hamstring during a semi-final victory over Medvedev before recovering to claim the title uh, against Sebastian Korda 24 hours later. Uh, He said last weekend, I woke up all right, went deep into the night last night with the work done with the physio, talked with the doctors as well of the tournament. A few times in the match, I felt I was tightening up in the muscle, but nothing that would worry me for my performance. Well, yeah, going to be interesting to see. God, it it would not be good for... um, the Australian Open organisers, if Novak Djokovic did go down with a hamstring injury, it could actually be 
disastrous, as I say, for that match tomorrow night against Nick uh, Kyrgios, which sold out within 58 minutes. I think everyone, it's interesting to see how the tide has turned over the past 12 months. And I think we're going to see it more so over the next uh, few weeks, especially once the Australian Open does start in Melbourne. And we'll see what reception he does get. I saw Stan Marinka say in the media yesterday that um, the Australian Open organisers basically said, if anyone boos Novak, they will be out. But he said they have a right to boo him. Would you boo Novak? If you were going to the Australian Open and let's say he's fully fit, would you boo him? Or have we all moved on from the situation of 12 months ago, like really the world has done? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. Novak Djokovic, um, what, what reception would you give him in the Australian Open next week? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. And also... Back page of the Sydney Morning Herald uh, today. Uh, we know the Dolphins, and there's some news around them uh, today, which we'll get to a little later on in the show as well. Uh, the newest team into the NRL competition, only seven weeks until the beginning of the season, 49 days to go. Who's counting? Uh, however, uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has again endorsed the idea of a Papua New Guinea NRL franchise as rugby league officials explore proposals including a Pacific-based World Cup to capitalise on the game's rise in the region. Albanese will become the first overseas leader to address Papua New Guinea's parliament when he heads to Ports Moresby. I think it's this morning. Uh, before departing Canberra, he spruiked the prospect of an NRL side based in the country. Now, there's always been talk about this, uh, potentially uh, Pacifica side, compromise of players and resources from PNG, Tonga, Samoa, the Cook Islands and Fiji, as an option being pitched by the PNG bid led by veteran administrator Andrew Hill. Papua New Guinea officials have also tended an expression of interest with the International Rugby League to host upcoming tournaments, including the 2027 and 2031 World Cup Nines, or a 2029 Rugby League World Cup stage through the Pacific. Uh, Albanese said yesterday, I'm very keen to see a Rugby League team participate in the NRL that would be based in Papua New Guinea and involve our Pacific Island friends. That's something we've had discussions about and I've discussed with the National Rugby League. There are no greater friends than Australia and Papua New Guinea. Tomorrow's visit will cement that. The NRL, of course, has spoken openly of expanding to an 18-team competition given the broadcast and scheduling benefits that would complement a growing rugby league base. Interesting. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. We know the Dolphins are in. Now, we know we've got a 17-team competition, and that will be the case, I would say, for at least another four or five years. The other team that's always been talked about and not happen is a Perth team, which would definitely benefit broadcasters here on the East Coast with the time difference. And look, I think if you look anywhere in Australia outside of where the teams currently are based, Perth is probably the most obvious choice. Uh, Adelaide, we've seen Origin there. We've seen uh, some NRL games. The Roosters took some games there uh, a few years back. I actually went to a couple of them and it was, look, it was a good atmosphere, but I think Perth, uh, we've seen Origin there, of course, as well probably is the more sensible option if you're talking about Australia. But if you've got a choice between a Perth team, a Perth NRL team as the 18th NRL team, or potentially a Pacifica team, a PNG team, which one would you go? 0457 736 736 
or one 1170 Look, both of them um, have a lot of positives to it. Perth, of course, we would continue to grow the game in Australia, the time difference, as I said. But Papua New Guinea, we know their love for rugby league, and it would really help to expand that game more so in, in our game, NRL, into that region. So which one would you go for if it's going to be either of them, Perth or a Pacifica team? Interested to hear your thoughts on that one. 0457 736 736 or 1-300-01-1170. It would be a hard choice to make um, for the NRL Power Brokers when and if they do make that. I do like the idea of the World Cup, though, the 2029 World Cup being played in that uh, Asia-Pacific region. But we'll see what happens with that 1-300-01-1170 or 736 So a few things on our agenda on this Thursday morning. The greatest cricketer of all time. A couple of texts already come through. We're going to discuss it with Andrew Mensal from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in just a second after the next break, plus all the other issues. The test squad named for India. Are you happy with it? You reckon Todd Murphy will get a go? And is there someone that was not in the squad that you think probably should have been in the squad for the tour to India with that first test match beginning on the 9th of February. Novak Djokovic, if you were going to watch the Australian Open, if you are going to watch the Australian Open, uh, what reception would you give him? And a Papua New Guinea team as the 18th NRL team. Would you like it or would you prefer an Australian-based team potentially in Perth, maybe elsewhere? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Plenty of things on our agenda. I'll get to your texts right after this. Plus, we'll have a chat with Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's coming up to 14 past five in New South Wales, 14 past four in Queensland. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell. It's 18 past 5, 0457 736 or 1-300-01-1170. Thank you for the text, Kingswood Welder. Uh, says, good morning, Dan. Thanks for your short, sweet and informative show. Uh, and uh, paraphrasing, says, looking forward to talking more NRL. Uh, yes, well, we're only, what, 49 days away from uh, the beginning of uh, the season. The trial matches are only less than a month away. The World Club Challenge, I see the Penrith Panthers players are back at training already or coming back to training uh, after a short break. That's going to be on the 18th of February. So all starting uh, to heat up. We are in this sort of weird period now where the test matches, and we're going to talk to Andrew Menzel in just a second, and we'll talk a bit of cricket, but the test matches are done. We do have that tour to India. We've got the Australian Open over the next couple of weeks that I think will capture most of the headlines, and rightly so. But we are in that sort of weird period between the end of the cricket season uh, and the beginning of uh, the rugby league season. But even this week, uh, we've sort of noticed just a bit more rugby league news creeping up. Yeah, really excited. Seven weeks, the season starting earlier than ever as well, the 2nd of March. Very exciting. Thank you for your text, Kingswood Welder. And just on uh, the NRL as well, talking about this 18th team, uh, Anthony Albanese backing the 18th team to be in Papua New Guinea. Where would you prefer to see it? Would you like to see an 18th team? in Papua New Guinea, or would you prefer to see it in Perth? 0457 736 736. Also asking you your greatest cricketer of all time. And you can give me a few, but who is your greatest cricketer of all time? Got a couple of texts there about that. I'll get to them shortly, but let us talk to the man from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. One of the men from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Anyway, Andrew Mensel is on the line. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Dan. Um, thanks for having me on. I, I think um, you've got to start calling me Menace now. Menace? Yeah, okay. Of times because that's what all my friends and enemies call me. 
Um, <laughs> It's a bit more exciting than Andrew, which is fairly common. A lot. I ran into someone at the Sydney Test who said mm. they've only heard me and they thought I looked nothing like they thought. So I don't know how to take that. Um, I, 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 anyway. I also I also can't imagine you'd have any enemies, Menas. Oh, you'd be surprised. Well, speaking of enemies, um, I guess I'll clear the air here. Yep. I think I've upset one of the SEN Big Bash commentators, and it's kind of been a bit awkward this year. Mm. Um like last, maybe it somehow got back to Doug Bollinger that I was maybe critical of his commentary. And, um, you know, I feel awful about this because uh, Doug Bollinger's, you know, a great guy, great cricketer, loved when he played for the Blues in Australia. And, yeah, I heard he, was, wasn't, un, he wasn't happy with some of the commentary feedback I gave him. But, uh, you know, when, when stuff gets back to people, they, don't, they only get the little bit. They don't get the whole story where you might say how good they are at everything and it's, people just pull out the one negative bit and you get caught. Does that ever happen to you, Dan? Uh, well, probably. That happens quite, happens quite a lot. I'm a big fan of Dougie Bollinger, aren't you? So am I. Huge good, fan. Good. That's why, I mean, you know, I just, um, mate, you know, a couple of years ago, we have a commentary critique segment on the podcast and sometimes you give people constructive feedback as, in, a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, that, that that that's good. Look, I've got Dougie's so, number. So now I feel yeah. terrible. I see him at the SCG in the showground. I see him at Jimmy Smith, who's a, a great ball-by-ball caller. And um, I see them there, and I just, like, cower away because I'm worried Doug is going to steam in off the long run. Uh, I don't think he would do that to you. He's a very, very gentle fellow. But, yes, I, I've got Dougie's number. I'll send him a text on your behalf and say uh, you apologise if you've... Uh, yes, please. Yes, please. I will. Maybe not right it's now. Really intimidating. I'm only a little fella and he's, like, you know, literally twice my size. Uh, yes. All right. Let's uh, get on to the Indian squad, the tour for India that was named yesterday, uh, Minutes. What do, firstly, what do you make of the squad? I'll ask you about the spinners, maybe people that may have missed out, but the squad overall, are you happy with it? I think so. Uh, I, I think it's it's fairly as expected. I'm disappointed they didn't pull the all-time move from left field and make our mate Steve O'Keefe come out of retirement and go on the tour. But apart from that um, very unlikely event happening, it was, it was a pretty good um, squad. I think the spinners are interesting. The fact that they're taking Todd Murphy, Ashton Agar, and Mitchell Swepson. Um, and the other thing is Mitchell Stark is pretty much confirmed he's going to miss the mm. first test. So that's a big exclusion for the Aussies. But, uh, you know, it's an 18-player squad. They've got all their bases covered. So it's not bad. Generally, that's my takeaway. It's not bad. Steve O'Keefe as well will be a guest on The Breakfast Show a little later on with James Magnuson and Michael Carey. Look, how good is Pro-Tease right there, Dan? Exactly. Pro-Tease. Because my thing about Sock is Mm. he's probably actually still the second-best spinner in Australia. And, you know, the Australian team is in this little sort of nexus where we very rarely play two spinners we only play two spinners when we go on the very odd subcontinental tour so Mm. our second spinner is always kind of languishing not playing much shield cricket so yeah i think i think socks he'd be a great addition but um you know obviously been retired for a few years and he had such a good tour in 2017 um but they've picked agar as the left Mm. arm orthodox spinner and uh he had an up and down test against the South Africans, but you know, there'll be very different conditions in India. He'll get a lot more help, so hopefully, he can do a bit better. Yeah, I was going to ask you about his performance at the SCG against South Africa. Do you think that's 
hampered his chances of playing in the first test against India on February 9? Or do you think, despite the probably disappointing performance, do you reckon he's still going to get the nod ahead of Todd Murphy? Or do you reckon George Badley has said it's a quite a big chance that Todd Murphy will play? How do you see that one playing out? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, look, don't discount Mitchell Swepson. Um, mm. you know, he played against Sri Lanka last year and did, did pretty well in a couple of tests. And he does turn the ball away from the bat, uh, so the opposite way to Nathan Lyon. So I, I, I wouldn't dip, rule him out. Mm. Um, I, I think Agar's still a big chance of playing on, in the first test. But look, this is really going to come down to conditions. You know, if the Indians serve up some real dust bowls, you know, that start to take turn from day one, then someone like a Todd Murphy or an Ashton Agar partner, Nathan Lyon, will do really well. Mm. But if it if they don't serve up a dust bowl, maybe Australia will go in with three fast bowlers, Nathan Lyon, and then we'll get um, the king of the toasted sandwiches, <laughs> Manus well, Labuschagne, yeah. um, to bowl. Just ju- yeah. I was about to mention him as well. I saw him, uh, I think it might have been on 10 News the other day, saying... Um, that he is happy to bowl three or four overs, but would probably be a stretch to bowl a bit at once, uh, probably be a stretch to bowl more than uh, that just in terms of impact and if he'd be able to bowl consistently. Do you see him bowling some overs, though? I suppose you do. Uh, yeah, I do. I think if, say, he and Travis Head could maybe sort of bowl five, six overs each a day, uh, you know, you put that together, that's 10, 12 overs, that just gives enough. Um, you know, for Lyon and the Quicks to have a bit of a rest on those long, hot days. Um, yeah, and with Todd Murphy, mm. you know, it, it, it's strange, but I, I, I've heard Pat come and say this before about Travis Head that, you know, he feels when you bowl another off spinner instead of Nathan Lyon, you're almost taking Nathan Lyon's overs away from him. Mm. Um, but they bowl very differently, Murphy and Lyon, so... Um, there's no reason you couldn't pick two off spinners, but I would be very surprised if we start with two off spins in that first test. I think that be that might be an option they look at later in the series. How are you feeling about this India test series? A lot of people say it's funny. It depends who you speak to, isn't it? Some people were saying this is our best chance in a very long time to win since I think was it what 2004 since we last won in India. But some people saying that uh, we just don't see Australia being good enough. How's your confidence levels heading into this test series after, it has to be said, and I know they're very different conditions, but a pretty, well, really successful summer for this Australian cricket team? I mean, I think we'll do well to win a test match. I think we're up against it. It's Mm. it's a very difficult tour for Australia. India are just unstoppable at home. I think they've won, you know, lost one test series in their last 30 at home. So they've just got such an imposing record, and we have Australia has a very good batting lineup, and I think we could score some runs over there. But I just worry about you know the, the issues around our second spinner, how we'll go on those pitches. Um, so look, we start we don't start favourites. India start heavy favourites, but we got close to them in 2017. But in that tour, we went to the M, the UAE beforehand and spent a couple of weeks acclimatising to the conditions to kind of get used to it. This this time we just sort of fly in, there's no practice matches, and we're in the first test. Mm. You know, Australia's best chance is if India 
doesn't produce dust bowls and there's a little bit of pace in the wicket and like in 2004 we can bowl to our strength which bowl you know bowl three quicks and aim for reverse swing and have Nathan Lyon at one end uh, but we're up against it there's no doubt about it um, so it's a real challenge for Pat Cummins' side um, they actually you know Last year in Pakistan and Sri Lanka, they did pretty well, but they still lost in they still lost the last test in Sri Lanka and and drew the series when the ball was turning. So there's a lot of question marks about how they're going to handle the conditions. Yeah, going to be interesting. All begins on the 9th of February, um, and yeah, it, it, look, I think. We know they had a very good summer here, but, yeah, it is going to be different. And it's a huge – and we touched on this uh, last week when you are in the studio, but it's a huge year of cricket for this Australian cricket team. India, the Ashes, the 50-over uh, World Cup. It is it's, – it's, uh, the South Africa Test Series that we've just had really is just a bit of a precursor ahead of what is a massive six or seven months at least for the Test team. Well, it's a defining moment for this team, mm. uh, the Test team especially, with the tour to India and England. Um, I was lucky enough to see the, the premiere of the Amazons. Yes, the Test. I'll ask and, you about that after you know, the break as well. Mm, yeah, this is Pat Cummins' team, and mm. he's you know set a clear path for how he wants to play, how he wants the team to be coached and run. Um, and this will be the true test. I don't think the, the theory's been tested yet. He wants this kind of calm, laid-back sort of, environment which i think is pretty easy to do when you're winning but if we go to india and england and start to lose a few games uh, i'll be really curious how that sort of laissez-faire relaxed uh, let everyone do their own thing stands up to that because dan you know this it's all good when you're winning but when you know things start to go wrong that's when you start asking tough questions and that's usually where these sort of things are brought up doesn't take long for the tough questions to be asked. Men, to stay there. We're just going to take a bit of a break. And then I want to ask you about a discussion me and Matty Cox, uh, host of Tradies News in Melbourne, uh, was having yesterday about the scheduling of the summer of cricket going forward. Also, I want to ask you about your greatest cricketers ever, and I'll get your take on Series 2 of the Test. Do you mind holding on? Nope, not at all. Perfect. Uh, Andrew Mental Menes from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. We'll get back to him uh, shortly. Just a bit of news on tennis as well. I mentioned Tanasi Kokonakis. He has moved into the quarterfinals of the Adelaide International uh, 2 tournament after he upset number one seed and world number six, Andre Rublev. Now, Kokonakis came to the match as an underdog but claimed one of the biggest wins of his career. The win was just his third over a top 10 player after his 2017 Queen's win uh, over then world number six, uh, Milos Renic, and the 2018 win over Roger Federer. We know he's been hampered by injuries and all this talk about Alex Dimonor and in particular Nick Kyrgios coming into the Australian Open, but good to see Tanasi go on a run and how good was he with Nick in the doubles? last year, but really, really good to see him go on a good singles run. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Some of the questions asking you this morning are your thoughts on the Aussie Test Squad talking to men as they're about that. Uh, are you happy with it? Is there someone in the squad or someone that isn't in the squad that you think should have been in the squad? And would you be going for Todd Murphy ahead of Ashton Ager? And also uh, Anthony Albanese's He's pushed uh, for the 18th NRL team to be the Papua New Guinea team uh, instead of Perth. What do you reckon about that? Here is a text from Yeovil Treeman on the way to a break. He says, hi, Dan. On the Papua New Guinea team, I can see how it would give that country and maybe other Pacific nations their own team. 
but would be intrigued how, with the way the salary cap and player transfers work, they could keep the team made up of Papua New Guinea or Pacifica players. Maybe apart from the Panthers, most teams don't have many of their own juniors. So keeping the squad made up of those players would be difficult. Yeah, that is true. Um, it would be interesting to see the team that would play game one compared to the team five years down the track. I still think, though, and I take that point on board, but I still think, though, a team there, it would be great for the game and it would definitely expand the game more so, which is popular enough at the moment, but would definitely expand the game more so. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736. Would you have your 18th NRL team in Papua New Guinea or would you prefer Perth or somewhere else? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. On the other side of this back to talk more with Menas, it is coming up to 27 minutes to 6 in New South Wales, 27 to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, let's do a Big Bash update for you for the Isuzu D-Max. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. So visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. Uh, pretty easy, convincing win for the Scorchers last night, winning by eight wickets with 22 balls remaining. The heat off there, 20 overs, made six for 155. But the Scorchers managed to run that down, only losing two wickets. So the heat's pretty poor season. Uh, continues tonight at 7.15, Melbourne Stars take on the Adelaide Strikers at 6.15, Queensland time. Menes is online still from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Um, I want to throw something at you uh, that myself and Maddie Cox, the host of Tradies News in Melbourne, was talking about, we're talking about in our cross yesterday, about the fact that the, there's no one-day internationals because of scheduling, and we know as we were just talking about Australia going to India, Menes. Um, it really shines in terms of the cricketing world. The Big Bash is the limelight now for the next couple of uh, weeks heading into the final stages of the season and into the finals. We know, obviously, a condensed season next year, but, Menes, do you kind of like the way that the schedule has been this year with the one-dayers? And I know we had the T20 World Cup, and this is what Maddie was saying, the one-dayers before the Test Series, then we have the Test Series and then we have time for the BBL to sort of breathe without any other distractions? Or do you prefer seeing the one-dayers after the Test Series? Well, look, this year the, they got lucky. Mm. Uh, South Africa were due to play a one-day international series against Australia right now, mm. and they actually um, forfeited that series because they're launching their own competing T20 league, which has just started in the last couple of days. And, if you look at the Big Bash teams, a lot of the players have left and they've either gone to South Africa or they're heading to the M uh, the uh, UAE to play in the tournament there. So Australia's got lucky with the, the gap in the schedule this year. And uh, because the cricket schedule is so complicated, um, it's described as like 3D chess. It's never quite the same. So next summer, mm. you're actually going to get two test matches in later in January because we okay. have a 50-over World Cup in mm. October, November, uh, running into December. So Australia comes back. They play three tests against Pakistan. And then in late January, we play two tests against the West Indies. So, uh, yeah, don't get used to this schedule because it's mm. going to be very different next summer. Mm. But that being said, I love it when there's a gap for Australia's best players to play in the Big Bash mm. because that, that is the only way the tournament is going to succeed. Uh, these other franchises around the world that are competing now, 
with the Big Bash have a lot more money. They're enticing a lot of international players. But we really have to focus on the talent we have here. You know, we have the best bowler in the world, Pat Cummins. Mm. We have the best batter in the world, Imanis Labuschagne. We need to do everything we can to get these players into our Big Bash. And that is the challenge. Yeah, and we were talking about last week, the resurgence of the Big Bash, and it's going to be added more so with the return of the star Australian players. Yeah, it is interesting. And I, look, and I know we talked about this last week as well. I think the condensed Big Bash season uh, will help it, but definitely it seems to me a lot more attention on the Big Bash this year. I suppose the real test is going to come over the next couple of weeks because we are getting to the height of the Big Bash, but the Australian Open uh, for many years now has been uh, probably, it does definitely take eyes away from the Big Bash how many this year compared to previous years? I think I think it'll be an interesting couple of weeks to uh, look at the TV ratings uh, and just see how popular both of those sports are and what wins. Because for the past few years, it's been the Australian Open. But if you cast your mind back not so long ago, Menas, it used to be the Big Bash quite often outrating the Australian Open. So it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, most certainly. And, um, you know, Channel 9, who used to have a lot of interest in cricket mm. now have really put all their eggs into the, the Australian Open basket. Mm. And, uh, you know, Channel 7 is sticking with the Big Bash on the new TV deal. So um, that, that's interesting. I guess one challenge for the Big Bash is the, at the end of the tournament, so for the finals, mm. there's a, a good chance that well, all the test players will be gone. The, the international stars have all gone to other tournaments. And the, I'm really curious how the last week of the tournament's going to go. And, you know, it might be the teams that have sort of the strongest depth that shine through. You know, if you look at the Scorchers and the Sixers, they have a lot of players that aren't playing international cricket. Um, so, so they might be the teams that can really sort of shine at the end there. Um, so it looked really interesting the way the Oz Open and the, the cricket matches up. Both generally rate pretty well, mm. um, but but I'm just curious. You know, you know, there's no Ash Barty factor this year, so um, that I think that's going to help cricket a little bit. Um, so yeah, let's see. Yeah, might do a straw poll on the show tomorrow and see what our listeners um, think. Now, uh, before we get your greatest cricketers of all time, you did go to the premiere of the test that launches, I think it's tomorrow, uh, which we're very good to watch. Everyone, a lot of people raving about season one. Uh, from what you've seen of season two, are you happy with it? I am. I've seen all of season okay, two. Yep. And um, it tells the story of the Ashes last summer and mm. then the tour of Pakistan and the tour of Sri Lanka. This season is only four episodes as opposed to eight in season one. Mm. So it's a little bit more condensed. You'll be able to binge it a bit quicker for those out there. And I think it gives some really good insights into this new Australian team, why they wanted to move on from Justin Langer. You can sort of really see uh, what the team was thinking about that. So I think that'll uh, be enlightening for a lot of viewers out there. And then, you know, the, the episodes around the tour of Pakistan and then Sri Lanka are fantastic because... You know, they were such memorable tours for very different ways. Pakistan, we haven't been there um, since 1998. And the tour of Sri Lanka, the country was um, undergoing huge political turmoil at the time. So, um, yeah, well worth a watch. Um, you know, you get a real insight into some of your favourite cricketers. 
Yeah, and that launches tomorrow, premieres tomorrow on Amazon Prime. Uh, all right, uh, text here 0457 736 736 on greatest cricketers you've ever seen. Hi, Dan uh, and Menace. Determining the greatest across generations is very difficult, but certainly the two players I most looked forward to seeing and being the most excited to see player uh, were Doug Walters and Viv Richards, which leads me into a question for you, men, as you follow the game very, very closely, have for many years. Who's the greatest, and you can give me a few, but who's the greatest cricketer you've seen either play live or play on TV? Are there a few that stand out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, good suggestions there from the listener, Doug Walters and Viv Richards. They're certainly somewhere on my list. But, you know, the players I've seen live, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to see Brian Lara's first test century, which was made at the SCG, made 277, one of the most attractive players to watch. Um, Sachin Tendulkar's, uh, he made a, a famous 148 in 1992 uh, when he was just a young man. And I was lucky enough to see that at the SCG. Um, but without doubt, you know, the, the greatest cricketer I've ever seen is Shane Warne. Yeah. I mean, he's streets ahead of the rest. I saw his debut in 1992, the same match Tendulkar scored that 100 at the SCG. Um, saw him do some of his most memorable feats at international cricket, especially in the 1999 50-over World Cup when he bowled us from bowled us into the, the final and then um, took four wickets in the final and won us, won us the title. It was just incredible. So Shane Warne's streets ahead of the rest, but, uh, yes, yeah, been lucky enough to see some good players. Yeah, uh, we've been very, very lucky uh, to see a lot of good players and a lot uh, still currently playing. Steve Smith, of course, uh, getting closer uh, to that record as well. I think the most fourth uh, highest run scorer for Australia. Now, Menas, what is coming up on the podcast? Paul Dennett and Jaleesa Apps are joining you. What's uh, When's the next podcast out and what's coming up on it? Oh, look, lots happening, Dan. Um, we're preparing for the Indian tour. Mm. Um, Jaleesa, we've got to book her in. She's so busy. You know, <laughs> yes. she's, you know she's on 10 news at night. She's with mm. you guys in the morning sometime. Um, but it, it's been a, a really long summer of cricket. And, it's you know, like you, I'm just sort of going to be watching the end of the Big Bash very closely. Um, you mentioned Steve Smith there. I, I, I was, you know, really lucky. I started my podcast the same week Steve Smith scored his first test century. So I've been really lucky to follow his career closely. And yeah, without doubt, you know, the greatest Australian batter I've ever seen. Um, You know, Ponting was fantastic, but for me, Smith is just a notch above him. Um, So yeah, I I was a bit stiff to leave him off. Yeah, uh, fantastic play. We've been lucky. We've seen, as you, Ricky, Ponting, Michael Clark, but yeah, he's Excellent, excellent Australian batter. Menas, uh, we've got to run, running out of time. Breakfast not too far away. We will speak again soon and we'll keep an eye out for uh, the next podcast. And good luck getting Jalissa on the show as well. Yep, you got to save me from Doug Bollinger, mate. I'm leaving <laughs> it with you. Yeah, that, leave it in my capable hands. Thank you, mate. We'll speak again soon. Cheers. Uh, Andrew Mensal Menas from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast alongside Paul Dennett and Jaleesa Apps, and we'll catch up with him again shortly on the show. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. And we do that all for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. A bit of rugby league news before the break. We're talking about uh, potentially the 18th team in being in Papua New Guinea. 
Well, the 17th team actually hasn't played an official game yet. Of course, some trial matches coming up in a few weeks' time. And then their first game will be a Sunday afternoon game at Suncorp Stadium. I think it's the 4 p.m. game against the Sydney Roosters, which, and look, we will talk more about uh, close to the time, but you'd imagine that would have to be close to a sellout Sunday afternoon. Dolphins up against the Roosters. But uh, Wayne Bennett, and we made reference to this last week, has appointed Jesse Bromwich as the inaugural uh, Dolphins skipper. And combined a leadership group stacked with Test Origin and NRL Grand Final experience. Uh, Bromwich will lead an experienced four-pack into the Dolphins' foundation NRL season this year. And they are looking to dispel the Dad's Army criticism. Uh, South Sydney recruit Mark Nichols will join former Melbourne Storm stars Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich in the Dolphins' senior leadership group. It's only a few of them. Not quite as many as the Tigers. Uh, Nichols 33 formed a bond with Bennett over three years at the Rabbitohs. Um, and we know uh, the experience that the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi have over many years in the Melbourne Storm and uh, test match experience as well. So uh, well done uh, to Jesse Bromwich uh, being named the captain of the Dolphins for their first season in the NRL, beginning in seven weeks' time from now. 045, and it be interesting to see, uh, we're going to do some NRL season previews right throughout basically the month of February, leading into uh, the beginning of the season, the start of the season on the 2nd of March. But yeah, interesting to see how the Dolphins go uh, this year, but we'll wait and see on that one. We'll talk more about that uh, in a Bit, bit closer to the season starting. Uh, 0457 736 or 1300-01-1170. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. It is the Sydney Kings, a very, very uh, good performance last night against the Brisbane Bullets. 116 over the Brisbane Bullets, 67 Uh from the people, I, I didn't watch it, I was asleep, but uh, the people that did watch, and I saw a lot of comment on, comments on social media, uh, one of the best performances I've seen from the Kings for a long time. And that says something considering they won the whole thing last year. 116 over the Bullets, 67. Well done to the Sydney Kings uh, there last night. Uh, now, one of the big sporting events of 2023 is going to be the Women's FIFA World Cup. Um, and Sam Kerr and the Matildas will welcome three world-class teams, including Powerhouse Spain, to New South Wales next month to prepare for the World Cup. So Australia will play Spain, considered one of the main threats at the World Cup in Sydney on the 19th of February. And that is in between meetings with Czech Republic in Gosford three days earlier on the 16th of February and Jamaica in Newcastle on the 22nd of February for the Cup of Nations. All match days will be double hit headers featuring all four teams, and they will serve as, serve as a crucial preparation heading into the World Cup, which we're very much looking forward to. On the text, asking greatest cricketers of all time, Dan says, morning, Dan. Morning to you, Dan. Uh, Warden, Shane, Keith, Warden. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Uh, just brilliant. Showman par excellence was a master. And batsman, A.B. de Villiers, just an amazing batsman as well. Yeah, very, very uh, good. Great text, Dan. For, uh, thank you for that, for taking us, us off this morning. Coming up on breakfast with James Magnus and Michael Carianis, the Melbourne Storms, Christian Welch recovering from injury. Uh, we back, uh, hopefully, this year. We'll chat to them. Plus, Stephen O'Keefe will be on the breakfast show as well, coming up after the Six o'clock news, five o'clock in Queensland with James Magnuson and Michael Carrion. Tomorrow, John Gallo, Chris Perkins will wrap up the week in sport. Have a great Thursday.